0: How well do your kids know you? Now, I'm not talking about um, the type of creamer you like, which my kids know what kind of coffee creamer I like. Um, they may know what it means when you slip on your jeans and put on makeup instead of wearing sweatpants. My kids will usually ask, uh, where are you going? They know me so well. But I think harder is letting our kids really know our hearts what's going on inside, and what really matters. And I'll be talking about that today with my guest, who's Susan Merrill. She is an author, a speaker. Um, she has done so much with her husband, Mark, on just encouraging parents to be active in their children's lives. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this. We talk a lot about the new journals that they have out and how God has used that and will continue to use that in the lives of their family. And I think it's so important to open our heart to our kids to really share some of the deeper things. And I know it's hard to think about taking time, sharing stories. So what better way to do it than within the pages of a journal where you can write down, pour out your heart, leave it on your kid's pillow, and then laid later can answer you. Not only are you communicating, really sharing your hearts with each other, but also it's a keepsake for your child to hold onto. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview with Susan
1: Merrill. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer.
0: Well friends, I'm walking out today. I'm talking to someone who has been a friend for a while. It's so fun to reconnect with her. So welcome,
2: Susan Merrill. Oh, it's so good to be here. And you're right. I, we could talk for hours because I haven't seen we, you in a long time. I know. <laughs> we did, we did. I love it so much. I just love
0: um, just reconnecting with people. And just, I love the journey of being in Christian ministry, the people you meet along the way, and then um, just seeing what God has been doing with them. But first, for those who may not be um, familiar with you or would just love to know more, tell us a little bit just about your life and your family.
2: Oh my gosh, that's too long of a story. Well, uh, I'm married to Mark Merrill. He is a go getter, and early in our marriage, uh, he was practicing law, and I was in banking. We had our first child, and somehow ended up in ministry. That's a really long story, but we started something called Family First, and that kind of morphed into after we did a study on fatherlessness, uh, All Pro Dad, and then we started I Mom, and then. We adopted more kids. We had three and adopted two more. And it has been a roller coaster that's really, really been fun and a great journey. And like you said, you meet a lot of really neat people along the way. And it's fun to reconnect and compare notes and to see what God's doing. Yeah. And what I love
0: is just this, I mean, like we're all there to support each other and encourage each other and mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? How can I help? And yeah, um, yeah and it's so fun. It's And it's really cool because in Arkansas... Um, I see a lot of all pro-dad stuff happening. Just nice. in so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that because you mentioned um, just fatherlessness. And I think working with teen moms, um, I work with them here in inner city Little Rock. We have our teen mom support group. And mm-hmm. honestly, like maybe one out of 20 has some good involvement with a dad in their lives. And I think that is kind of one of the things that is a big struggle for young people today.
2: Yeah, that was kind of an epiphany that came because of that study. So we had um, hired the Wortham Group to do a study on fatherlessness. Mark at the time was friends with Jeb Bush, and Jeb had actually wanted him to come to Tallahassee and be part of his uh, cabinet up there. And But we were doing this, and Mark really felt called we needed to stay. But Mark helped on his transition team and was actually the transition person part of um, you know, the ju- assessing the juvenile justice system when Jeb was going into office. And it was kind of prompted the thing that, you know, so many of the juvenile delinquents in prison had no father. And, that, and so he, we did the study and realized that that is in fact the case and kind of proved that theory. And we're thinking, okay, you know, we can, how can we get fatherhood how can we get dads to see that fatherhood is cool and great and a worthy calling? And at the time we were going to church with some box coaches and kind of shared with them that, you know, everybody loves football. We love football and, you know, players and coaches can really use their platform for good. If they would, we at the time didn't see many doing that. And wouldn't it be cool if we did something around football and, They, uh, of of course, were working. Tony and Clyde Christensen was the one we were talking to. He said, Tony would love this. And Mark and Tony got together and they decided to just have an event at um, the stadium and to say, you know, for dads and kids to come and watch a practice. And Tony would speak to them and stuff. And 5,000 showed up. It was crazy. (laughs) We were not prepared. And that was just an epiphany for both Mark and Tony to think, you know what? I'm a coach, but I can use what I do to draw men into the world of parenting and give them excitement about it and help them to see God's plan for the father in that. And that was the start. Yeah,
0: that I love that. I love um, just the impact that we you tell dads that you make a huge impact in your kids' lives. And yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't know my biological dad. I had a very distant relationship with my stepdad. And I can see so much of my struggle, especially during my teen years, was connected with that. And so I love, well, my husband is so involved in our kids' lives, which yeah. I am yeah. so thankful for. But it makes a huge difference to have that involvement.
2: Well, and you know the funny thing, we base the All Pro Dad program on a verse in Malachi. And it says, you know, turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. And really, when you look at everything a mom does, you know, mm-hmm. mom has to know about their, you know, doctor's appointments and their academics and, you know, how they're feeling emotionally with their friends. And we just zone in. We, you know, we don't we look at everything. But if a father, if a dad will just connect with his kids, a heart connection, it raises all the things the moms worry about without them even focusing on it. It's the most amazing thing. Um uh, kids who have dads involved in their lives do better in school. They're mm-hmm. less at risk for, you know, criminal activity. They're less at risk for teen pregnancy. It's just just a connection, um, and that's just the way God designed it.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. When we brought our kids home, it was amazing how they connected with John sooner, because he was just like all about the fun and all of that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right. right. And, all time, and I'm like trying to get
2: everyone on schedule, make sure they get up in time, doing all the things. At lunches. Who wear your shoes? You can't you can't go to school without your shoes. A dad would probably take him to school without their shoes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it was it is amazing. I'm thankful for that relationship. But that is such a good thing, and I love what you're what you're doing with dads. But I also know you have I mom too. So yeah, talk a little bit about that and just your heart for moms.
2: Yeah, I really, okay, my, my oldest daughter just had a child, and that has just really even heightened my passion for moms, because I see um, moms struggling with a lot of things mm-hmm. that I never, never even were on my radar. And um, I think being a mom is getting harder. And I, I just feel like that's the enemy's plan. Uh, to frustrate parents is to take the joy out of parenting right. and so I have a I, I'm actually uh, you know I moved from I founded iMom and then we've, we we have like content people here and things and so I've had to move a little more on the digital marketing side and do some things for the organizations I've been working on that long time and I'm just getting back to iMom I'm kind of looking at some things and doing a lot of research and I'm concerned for our moms. I, yeah. I um, have had so many, by this point, women who've worked for me and left, had babies and left. And they always come back. And we have coffee. I have coffees every week with four of our employees because, you know, we just love chatting about their kids now. And and I hear about their struggles. And I, I tell you, I want to encourage our moms today um, to know that they are... The best for their child that God would have given them this child if they weren't the best mom for this child, and to be more confident in whatever style of parenting they choose, and uh, I could go on and on. But yeah, that's where I am right now in pondering yeah. motherhood.
0: You know, my oldest is thirty, my youngest is eight. <laughs> that's a lot of years. Yeah. yeah, a lot of years of parenting. But the first three, I feel like, I, I mean raising the first three is completely different than raising oh, yeah. the last seven because there's there wasn't social media there wasn't like me during the day like hey i'm gonna post this and get see how many comments i get or i mean it was just me in my house and we were reading books and we were, i don't know it was mm-hmm. just so different then than it is now and i think it's helped me like the best thing is seeing that okay they all survive like kind of are responsible adults <laughs> like it's okay yeah. But, and I think a lot of, I don't, I don't worry, I guess, as much about other people's opinions because no. I know like in the end, all of us are going to have struggles. All of us are going to have successes. and <laughs> It's okay. But like you said, these young moms that are like, this is their life. This is their world. This is their interactions. Um, it is hard to feel like almost like you're parenting um, for the approval of a, uh, I mean, just an arena of people out there that have all sorts of opinions.
2: Well, and I'll tell you what else it's isolating. So um, Mm -hmm. you're right. You've gone through the whole process to adulthood. So you have a confidence knowing that that helps you parent now. And that, but that's something very few moms get because you've been parenting a lot of kids. So you've kind of had that benefit. But what I see is, Because there's so many more choices and because of our culture, moms kind of get in these little camps like organic food versus Um, non-organic, what do you call it? Vaccines versus Mm non-vaccines, homeschool versus public school versus private school versus Christian school versus charter school. And they get in these little camps and I see some of my sweet friends, um, you know, almost afraid to share with each other because, oh, I know she doesn't do that. And so she's either going to try to win me to her camp or she's not going to understand. So we can't talk about that issue. Does that that make sense? Yeah. like oh you feed your child that well you know and you know they're either gonna so they're almost like isolating they've said to me like some of their friends and and said to me oh well, I said well have you talked to so and so about that because she's kind of in your same situation she goes no we really can't talk about that it breaks my heart because when I was parenting we talked right you know, we we talked to our friends and we we talked to you know so it's it's it is very different today and it's a different culture and people are more opinionated, but less willing to like understand each other and be okay with it. Like, Oh, that's great that you, you, you don't do vaccines. That's really cool. Oh, my kids are vaccinated. It's okay. You know, there's not that. um, Yeah. It's it's hard for them. And then they become isolated and then they're not sharing each other's struggles. uh, Which, which is what makes parenting easier is knowing oh yeah, you're going through that too? Gosh, me too. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Yeah. And I think because uh,
0: there's less face-to-face time, like some mm-hmm. of these things, I think we'd have an easier time discussing it face-to-face because we're face-to-face. Like we're enjoying right. a cup of coffee. Our kids are playing at our feet. It doesn't become that big of issue where if we're trying to talk about these things like over social media, then something someone takes something the wrong way. <laughs> it just becomes, oh, so challenging. And I think, I mean, just in general... Um, people are more isolated and ha- not having that face-to-face time. And my daughter, um, she just became a mom too. She, her little girl's eight months old, but she lives in the Czech Republic.
2: And oh, my get,
0: word. They get three years paid maternity leave.
2: Three so, years. My daughter three, got three months.
0: Yeah. So there's no childcare. Unless like grandma's watching it or something (laughs) like, but these women are home. So they are meeting at the park. They're going on hour long stroller walks together. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what an amazing thing. So she's building, I mean, and she's a Christian and most people in the Czech Republic are not, but She's having these face-to-face conversations and relationships with people that I think we are really missing out. Because if we do get face-to-face, it's like once every two weeks for 30 yeah. minutes as we're running to different places. And I think we are just missing out. I, personally, even though I've been a mom for many years, like this fall, I'm like, I need to work in time to have face-to-face things with people in our lives (laughs) like not just because I have a lot of friends online and there's you know I I love chatting with people on this podcast and different things but I was really missing out of so you know we signed up to do have small group at our house once a month I'm like it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be loud it's gonna be crazy but I need this in my life but it does take us realizing
2: like there's there's something missing when we don't have that face-to-face time Absolutely, and, and and that's the other thing too that is complicated, I think, with the younger moms is more of them are working, and that's a lot of pressure. By the time they get home, they're tired, they want to see mm-hmm. their children, and so it is harder to find time for a relationship, and that creates more isolation. Yeah. Oh, all the things. Okay, so we need hope. <laughs> I, okay, I was just going to say, let's get
0: positive here. We're going to uh, Okay, but okay. One of the things that I do want to talk about, and I think this is back to building relationships, is mm-hmm. um, I have two books. Um, they're from me to you: a conversation conversation journal for you and your daughter, and a conversation journal for you and your son. And I'm so excited about these. And I my kids were like digging through. I'm like, "Can we do this?" I'm like, "Wait till after the interview." <laughs> so <like, laughs> <laughs> not get them yet. And I'm gonna have to definitely. Uh, Get more copies because I have seven children. Yeah, yeah. Well, this,
2: yeah,
0: tell us about these.
2: So this is a really neat thing that God just made happen when, when my kids were younger. So, um, my daughter, Megan is the oldest and you know, with the oldest, you're always coaching them, especially when you have lots of little ones behind them because the little ones just want our attention. And so she was, um, you know, often getting frustrated with some of her younger siblings and I coached her. I said, you're the oldest, you know, I told her why. And I said, you just need not to escalate it. And you need to like receive it know that they're younger and have patience and compassion. For them. So anyway, we were driving to school one day and, um, Her younger younger sister was purposely trying to get her attention and annoying her in the process. And she was giving me that, Megan was giving me that look in the rear, rear mirror, like, do you see me? I'm not reacting. Do you see me? And of course I saw her, but I couldn't (laughs) say anything in front of the other kids because then the coaching's out of the bag. And I dropped them all off and I thought, oh my goodness, I have got to remember to praise her for that but i moved quickly on to other things and i'm not good about remembering so i and i didn't want to forget this coaching opportunity so i went home and i thought i'm just going to write her a note put it on her bed she'll get it tonight and i can check it off my list and i did i literally checked it off my list forgot all about it well i went to bed that night and on my pillow was a note from her she had flipped the paper over and ripped me back. Thank you, mom, for noticing. I was trying really hard and blah, blah, blah. And she spilled several things that happened that day. And I thought, this is great. This is how I'm going to, you know, you... You have to go to the kids who are neediest the most. And it's never your oldest usually because, you know, they can handle more. They're older. And I thought this would be a great thing for us. And I started journaling with her and asking her questions. And it went back and forth and back and forth. And then my other daughter wanted one. And then my husband got jealous and said, I want one. And uh, we said, this has to be a journal. And we actually made the first version of this was called pillow talk. And then, you know, when Harvest House said, we want to do it again, but they, they wanted a boys and girls version. We changed the name from To Me To You. When we were doing these books, like revising them and creating the boys and girls version, um, Megan was at home with her husband. She had, They had come down to visit. They're from DC. And uh, she was reading it. She called her husband over and she said, just read this. And he read it and he laughed out loud he goes you have not changed one bit <laughs> and and that was the unexpected blessing from these journals is m- my kids have this history and we would often go back and say remember you dealt with this problem before let's go back and find that journal what did we do this is a pattern." They have this history of us writing back and forth, answering these questions about what was going on in their life. And we did see trends in them and patterns of things that were either going to be, you know, um, strengths or weaknesses that they learned through these deep conversations. It was just a great thing all the way around. So, And I
0: think now that we have adult kids, we can see like, oh, this is why they acted this way when they were three. We're still struggling with that. We're still struggling. Uh, I mean, my strong-willed one ended up being the one that moved to Europe when she was 20 to be a missionary. She just had that will in her when she was three. We would fight over what shirt she was going to wear, but that ended up benefiting her. And I love that. that You can see patterns in their lives. Two of my girls especially – deal with anxiety and i talk with them over and over like you can't let your thoughts run away take a deep breath let's pray about like we're going through the same things but i'm like oh my goodness this will be so good that you know if i'm not around she can go and get a journal and when we you know talk about i mean different ways to encourage her that that will be written down in my handwriting on paper that she can turn to
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that would probably be her answer to the question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? Mm -hmm. My anxiety, you know, it's, it's hard to live with anxiety and, and how do you do that? Yeah. It's it's a really sweet process and a really, really great tool. And I tell people all the time, you know, some people say, oh, well, my kids won't talk. Well, your kids will talk when it's bedtime, (laughs) Right, And what my kids would always do when I was tucking in another child is they start writing in the journal. And half the time we ended up talking about what they had written in person, just because they had fleshed it out, especially older kids. Sometimes they don't want to see your reaction when they bring up something that they're not quite sure about. They'd rather write about it. And then it helps you when you write back or approach them about it, not to be reactive because you already know their heart. And and I think the older your kids get, the more that kind of comes into play where they're struggling with things they're seeing in the world or in their friends or in their culture, and they're not sure how you'll react, but they feel like they want to talk to you about it. Um, it's a great tool. Yeah, and I think as...
0: Um, you know, I mean, as adults and, you know, all our brain is developed and we understand <laughs> communication better, like we, I mean, it's hard for us, like conversations are hard for us. And we have a fully de- developed brain that knows, you know, how, how at least hopefully has learned how to communicate and, um, but kids sometimes I think it takes even that process of slowing down enough to really think of their thoughts of what they're, what they want to say, and then putting it down in paper kind of helps them with that thinking, processing, um, part of their brain that they might not know as much as we do when it
2: comes to communication. Oh, absolutely. Especially in those really hormonal years, they're feeling so much, but they can't sort it in their head. You know, it's just like spilling around in their brain and, um, and it's not easy. Those are not easy years. So
0: no, I have a 14 year old right now and she'll just be standing there doing her chore, like, which is loading the dishwasher um you know a couple days a week and she'll start crying (laughs) like what is going on she's like I was thinking of these lyrics from this song and he lost his true love and I'm like you have too many hormones in your body body right now I mean we're just like surging through her and I'm like because I don't like in the day a lyric will pop in my mind and I'll just start like
2: bawling out loud (laughs) it's true it's true it's so true it's, oh, yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it girls hard. are so funny. Girls are so funny. Oh
0: my goodness! I have six of them in my house. <laughs> six oh girls. Oh
2: my gosh! I can't. You're a hormone factory.
0: It. it oh my, yeah. Yeah. Twelve is the hardest. I will say. Twelve years old girls. I'm just, I know. That is really hard.
2: <laughs> it's. It. Yeah. I don't want to go back ever.
0: Yeah. But okay. So. I just opened this journal because I'm like, I need to share some of these so people will know. Okay, this is the one that I opened to. One of the things, of, of all the things you do for me, the one I appreciate the most is and then because. i like, yeah. just as I did that tonight, because um, I only have one girl journal I need to buy some more.
2: Of. <laughs> yeah. On I'm, a piece sorry. Of paper. I'm sorry I sent you a boy journal. I should have sent you more
0: girls. Well I do have an eight year old boy who is That's like great. he's mommy's boy. Like he loves yeah. cuddling with me and yeah. Oh but I'm just thinking if I just wrote that on a piece of paper tonight and gave it to all of them, that would just mean so much. Um yeah. you know just yeah. sharing what we appreciate about them.
2: I have a um I have a team here, a digital marketing team and we every year do a retreat. We just did our retreat and we did this whole like assessment of what is your personality type and this one and this one. And they're all into Enneagram now, you know, so we did all these different assessments. And, and, but one of the things I had asked them is how do I win a gold star with you? And it's like this question, you know, um, if you and all kids are different all people are different every person on my team had a different answer to that but if you know what your child most appreciates then you can delight them every day but sometimes we just don't even stop to think what what is it that i do for them that they really appreciate i need to do that more
0: yeah that is a oh, that's a great question too Oh, so much to think about. <laughs> but yeah. you're right. I mean, this really goes to the heart of the thing. And we could be doing something for one of our kids, or that we think like this is really hitting the mark, which it's not. Like doing exactly. something.
2: Yeah, I'm always always surprised. Their little brains, you know, are just so many parts of them are hidden. So it's really fun to hear what they write and and really get to know their heart better and their mind because they're always changing.
0: Yeah. That is so good, yeah, and going through different things and things that we didn't think about, like my one, one daughter that just turned 12, um, that just is, turned so sassy, the sweet little thing turned sassy. The other day, she's like, Can, am I old enough to shave my legs? And I'm like, are we having this conversation? Like, why do we have to do this? Just stay little. I'm not ready for more conversations yeah. like this. Um, so they're thinking about things that I, wasn't even my radar that she's already like thinking about shaving her legs. She's all got
2: all of that. those older sisters. She, she can't, can't help it.
0: it. I know. It's so good. So I'm ex- I'm super excited to do with this with my kids and get them because um, I know, I know that they will be excited about like just sharing their heart and pouring it out and um, getting my response back, like they'll probably like every day. Like, mom, did you write in mine? Did you write?
2: It? Oh no, it did. And you know what? I only have five kids. You have so many, and they be you haven't written me in three days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to be up all night writing. But I know. You like to write. You like to write, so there you go.
0: There we go. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. I'm excited. But I mean, I think now that we have older kids, I think looking back, it's things like these that are. The things that matter, that make a difference, you know, and other things that I think about are time around the dinner table and, you know, reading the Bible together. I mean, these things, I think that sometimes when we're young moms and, you know, are our, our just trying to figure out life, um, those kind of things often get pushed to the side but like writing in the journal and sitting around the table and sitting down and reading a scripture verse. I mean, those things we can see as they're adults, that they made a difference. So I would just love to hear kind of your thoughts um, about, um, you know, if you were to give encouragement to your younger self, (laughs) that looking back, what encouragement would you give? Uh,
2: I would, I would tell myself that The things I probably think are important are not important. I feel like we focus more on seeing results in our children versus the process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like this journal, um, you know, we're more, you know, busyness is a badge of honor today. And we're so busy, so busy, so busy. And this race, you know, Pinterest birthday parties and academic scholarships and, uh, you know, just all the, the pictures on Instagram of all the great things that our family did versus the transparency of, um, what's really going on in my day, uh, puts a focus, not on the heart, but on, you know, worldly things. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we are raising children, to be adults. We're not raising children for us. Um, and we have to prepare them for adulthood and the whole process is about preparing them to report to God, not us. And they have to have that faith ready to leave home. And that's a hard issue. And so if we're wearing, you know, that their baseball uniform is clean and instead of, you know, um, did they ask forgiveness for something they did or how are they struggling with something at school relationally? You know, we're missing the point. And, uh, I do see, you know, we're, it's so easy for me to be distracted and I didn't have a cell phone when my kids were really little. So when I walk in a restaurant and I see, you know, two year olds on iPads, mm-hmm. um, Instead of having a chat about the meal or about, you know, the surroundings or whatever, I just get so sad when I, uh, you know, walk out my door and see a mom walking a child talking on the phone versus saying, do you see the grass? The grass is green. Do you see the butterfly? You know, I just, I, 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 it makes me like, oh Lord, where's this going? Because we really don't have any data on that yet. We do know that Gen Z, or the I generation as they're called, is remarkably different because for the first time ever, it is not the oldest generation that it is the loneliness; It is the youngest. Mm -hmm. So we know that this this Gen Z is very lonely. And um, I have to wonder, I don't have any data for this. I have to wonder, is that because they're not connecting with their parents? Is that because their parents are distracted and busy? And I, I can say this because I am easily distracted. Like right. I am the director of digital marketing. I, I love every tool. I have screens all over. I have Slack. I have Monday. I have, you name it. I have tools for it, so, software. Um, I am in and out of applications all day. It's a part of my job. So I can... I love to bounce like that. And I could probably go home if my husband didn't get mad at me and um, have my screen on in bed all night looking at things. Yeah, uh, I have a great disciplinarian in my husband. He's like, nope, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I know how easy it is, what a temptation it is to be online. And, um, and so, but I think we have to guard against that and yeah. we have to connect with our kids um, and, and, and we have and so, moms, if you're listening to this, put down that phone and look into the eyes of your, so, your child. It is no, uh, it is a scientific fact that eye contact um, develops a child. So if we just look at our children, if we love them, if we connect with them, if we process with them, if we help them on their journey, if we teach them about the Lord and love that those are the wins and um, and staying accountable to that is the tough part yeah
0: and I I love that so much and I do think that um, it's something that we know it's not something that's easy to do but uh, one of my talks I speak at homeschool conferences and one of my talks um, I did this last year was a new talk it was 40 ways to be present in your child's day and these are two homeschool moms who have our children are home all day long like and every conference the room was packed um so it just goes to show like here are the you know i choose to have my kids home all day because i want to be um an influence in their lives but we're still struggling with this even though we have them all day so it's not just a time factor it is an attention factor um and so
2: yeah it's important You have adopted kids so you've probably heard this, but when I, we adopted our two when they were older, they were nine and 13. So when we were going to attachment counseling, attachment therapy, um, the attachment therapist taught me something I will never forget. And I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody else who has, but she used it. It was beautiful. She had this picture of a mom and a baby and at, at the, or, at the top of the diagram, the baby is, is, is crying. And then over around the circle, the baby's being changed at the bottom, the baby was being fed. And the last part of the circle, the the mom was holding the baby and smiling and looking into the baby's eyes. And mm-hmm. she held it up to my son and she said, now, Grant, I want to tell you that um, scientifically a baby, an infant must be picked up. 30 times a day between changing, feeding, crying on average. If you have an infant, you're, you're touching that child 30 times a day. And she said, so, um, which baby are you? Cause this feeding thing happens like six times a day and this changing thing six times a day and blah, blah, blah. And he pointed to the baby at the top who was crying. And she said, oh Grant, you survived infanthood. You're nine. So this feeding, changing thing must have happened you know? And, and she said, I know you don't remember. You can't remember, but why do you think you're the baby crying? And he said, because I was never that baby looking at the mommy. Mm. And she said, so what do you think about big people then? And he said, they're bad. Mm. And she went on to explain that that is trust for a child comes right after infanthood. In infanthood. And I remember when I gave birth, you know, your baby makes that kind of panicked cry when they're born. But, and I saw this with Megan's, my daughter's baby, you know, I was there in the delivery room, panic cry when they come out, but it doesn't take but a week or two. And it turns into, well, well, I'm, you know, I'm hungry because they know, oh, I'm going to be fed. Oh, if I just let out a a little wine, they're going to change me. And so they relax and they leave that fear side of the brain. The whole point of this is connecting with our kids is, has biological and eternal consequences mm-hmm. and, and blessings. And if we're not looking in their eyes and we're not answering them um, and we're not meeting their needs and here in the U S okay, not like always, but most times basic needs are met food is provided there's very few children in the u.s who are striving starving but i'd say those higher needs are not going met if gen z is the loneliest generation so we got to get on it
0: yeah that is so good and i love that that eye contact that connection that holding that i mean all those things when we um, got two of our kids they were two and five and the two-year-old he would not make eye contact so he liked when mm-hmm. I held him and sang um, sometimes he tried to squirm but I would just hold him and sing and just look into his eyes and and I mean, for six months he just darted his eyes around like he did not want to make eye contact and then finally he did I'm like okay we are getting somewhere he's yes. starting to make yes. eye contact and then our little girl who was five at the time um, she wanted to play baby. So she wanted me to hold her. She wanted me to pretend I was feeding her a, bi- a bottle. She wanted me to pretend to change her diaper. And I would just do it, I mean, multiple times a day, play baby, play baby. So, okay. She's the baby. I'm changing you. I'm burping you. And finally we get into therapy and I tell this and she's like, well, the therapist's like, what have you been doing? She's like, I'm like I've been playing baby. She's like perfect because obviously there's something missing that she thought. Okay, and she they'd been moved around so much in foster care. She's like, this is what she needed. She needed you to hold her, rock her, pat her back, to pretend to change her diaper over and over. And finally, she grew out of that. But it's just like kids know that they need that, and we're like, here, here's here's a tablet. Play with this. Um, Yeah.
2: They need. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the great thing is, all this is very fixable. Yeah. These are all simple things in our country. These are such simple things, you yeah. know? So. Uh, and so even
0: with older girls, that means, you know, walking over, giving them a hug. <laughs> like, oh, you know, yeah. so how are you doing? Um, they still like me to help them fix their hair. They're teenagers.
2: Can you fix my hair? You know, for church, I'm like, yep, <laughs> come here, Isn't that- I'll color your hair. Isn't that the funniest transition? My husband really struggled with that because he, like our kids got older and he would like go up and hug them at the football game or whatever. And they're like, dad, stop it. And he gets so hurt. And I say, honey, you got to choose where you hug them now. Yeah. You got to hug them. He goes, I just hugged her this morning and she was fine. And now I try to hug her at the game and she's pushing me away. I go, think about the difference. You got to hug them in private. Don't embarrass them in public. And that was like so hard for me to get so hurt. But yeah, it's being even sensitive to things like that. Now that they're adults, we can hug them anywhere they've grown up. But at the time, you know, they're just, they go through these little phases and you got to learn.
0: Yeah. I was just um, texting with a friend today and she's like, I just feel, she's talking about her teenage son. I think he's 15. I just feel him pulling away. And I'm like, just do the side by side thing. Take him out for smoothies, you know, just talk about his basketball or whatever and I said don't worry he'll come back around like my older adult boys they love coming and hanging out and giving me hugs I mean it's the season there's that pull away season but you just be there spend that time with them as best you can yeah. you know, know what
2: the mom connection yeah. is with boys the mom connection with boys is food I am That's so, so true. convinced of it my son after practice he's my oldest son is really quiet and I figured out the best time to talk to him was after practice he was starving drive through somewhere let go the junk food thing who cares drive through somewhere because he's starving get him something and he would talk somehow it was eating it was sitting (laughs) side by side and not really having to look at me I don't know what it is but to this day my oldest son now owns a house six blocks from us comes over for dinner almost every night hey mom what you making it's all about the food yeah, the so and then he he kind of dumps his work day, and I get to hear about it, and you know, blah 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 blah. And then he's like, "I'm out of here, bye." Yep, <laughs> it's food. So yeah.
0: that is so true. Yeah, um, yeah, my my boys live in the same town as me, so they're yeah eating at our table often, <laughs> and I and and, always say like, "What are you doing?" Or I'll get the texts, "What are
2: you doing tonight?" Well, we're having yep. this. You want to come over? <laughs> yeah mine is doesn't even wait for the invitation he goes are you cooking tonight (laughs) (laughs) straight up i love that oh so many good things
0: but mm -hmm. it goes back to being intentional and being focused and um eye contact and all that stuff just realizing that those are the things that you're not going to regret we're not going to regret those meals whether it's side by side across the table (laughs) we're not going to regret taking time to you know write in these journals i mean all those things um yeah it's it's gonna make a difference
2: it's gonna make a difference and to the working moms I always I always feel a little angst putting more pressure on them to do something like a journal Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. I just want to say um you know what this would be something that again it'll take time to answer kids but you won't feel like we didn't have time for the conversation There'll right. be a peace that comes from this because I know like you, if you have multiple kids or if you're working where well, you're working and you have multiple kids, it's sometimes hard to get those solid conversations in where you feel like when you go to bed, okay, we touched today. You know, I touched yeah. her. I know something. It's often the opposite. You go to bed thinking, Oh my gosh, did we have any real conversations? Or I kind of noticed this about her. She was upset about something, but we never got to talk about it. This is, kind of gives the space to do that in the time when it's available. Does that make sense? Like Yeah it does. Not in the moment. And that and that's a really cool thing. So for a working mom or a mom who has multiple kids and little time, I'd say it is an investment of something you have to do but it does create space and time for you to do it in. Because let's say you observe something in your child, like one comes home and they're kind of in a bad mood or something, and then you rush to get dinner ready, and then you you know, dash to get them all in bed, and then one of them has a homework project they forgot about, and you never get to talk to that child. Um, you can go get the journal and write in there, on one of the questions. And that's why I tell people, you don't have to go to an order. You just have to find a question that goes with it. Say, I noticed today you, um, you looked a little upset about something and I kind of was wondering what's going on in your heart. And, you know, where are you and it must have been something that happened in school and I want you to know I'm praying for you and, you know, it, and then they can get back to you and say, nah, I just got my period. It wasn't that or, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> nothing's wrong or yes, something did happen today. And, um, I'm yeah. kind of bummed about it. That is so good. I love it. Again, the
0: the journals are called "From Me to You," a conversation journal for you and your daughter, and then for you and your son. So I am um, super excited to incorporate what, this with my kids. I know they're gonna love it. <laughs> they're they're gonna love any attention. I mean, they just love that focused attention and just telling them how amazing we think
2: they are. It makes all the difference. Yeah, it's true. It really does.
0: Well, Susan, where can, um, my listeners find more information about you and Mark and all the wonderful things that you're doing?
2: Well, again, we have many websites. Um, Mark is his own website and I'm going to confess right now. I have my own website, but I have not been in the blogging realm. I have been in the team building realm. So, um, but you can find us also on all imom.com. Um, familyfirst.com, markmerrill.com, susanme.com. If you want to reach out to me and um, send me a message and then, you know, we're all over social media and um, different places like that. So um, reach out. We love hearing from parents and and our whole mission is to help parents love well. And um, we just feel like, you know the greatest commandment is to second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And our closest neighbor is our family. Yeah. If We do that. Well, then uh, they're going to learn how to do it. Well, uh, with those beyond like your daughter, Oh, in the Czech Republic, that's amazing. Way to go. So cool.
0: (laughs) I know we need to do that. Coffee time. We can figure
2: this out sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you
2: so much for being here today. My pleasure. It was really fun to catch up with you, and to hear that you have seven children now at home. That's crazy. Seven more. Yep. (laughs) A little bit busy. Yeah, a little busy. You're amazing.
0: (laughs) I'm so thankful for people like Susan who really just remind us what is most important. That has older kids, kind of like I have, and just says, you know what? It's so important just connect with their kids, to train them, to teach them. We get busy taking them to soccer practice or baseball practice or picking out new shoes at the mall, which they get so excited about. But really, are we taking the time to share our hearts, share our lives and share God and his goodness with our kids? It's so important to do. And it's so easy to push that to the side until all of a sudden they're in their teen years or young adults, and we're saying, what's going on? Well, maybe they're making bad choices because we didn't give them a strong foundation. We provided all their physical needs. We provided all their social needs, all their sports needs, but we didn't spiritually build them up so they have a strong foundation to stand. on. I think um, for sure, if there's one thing you take away, just the importance of doing that today. Now, today's walking out verse is Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Take heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or away, when you lie down or get up. Write them down. Maybe in a journal? It doesn't say that, but I'm adding that. Um, Write them down and tie them around your wrists and wear them as headbands as a reminder. Write them on door frames of your houses and on your gates. So we are the ones that need to, first of all, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength because that modeling will make the biggest impact on our kids. But then take the words that we know are from God and write them down. Repeat them to our kids. Talk about them. Let our kids know what God is doing in our lives and and let, their, let your kids know that he can do the same in their lives. So they will have a spiritual foundation. Take a record, write it down, whether it's a notebook or a journal or anything, just let your kids know your spiritual foundation so that they can start developing their own. It's so important. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out today. I know that you will be Um, inspired. And I'm just going to close us with our prayer. Like I always do. Dear God, thank you so much for uh, Mark and Susan Merrill and all they were doing to support families, to encourage families, just to uh, put family first and to dig in with their kids and spend that time with their kids. I pray a blessing over them on their ministry. And I pray for each one of us that we will take the time to help our kids build that strong spiritual foundation that we won't get to five years from now and look back and say, what a waste of time. I wasted it on so many things. And, um, my kid doesn't have that foundation. I pray that each of us will give us an urgency to build that spiritual foundation with our kids. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Well, thank you for tuning in again. I pray that you will be blessed. I pray that you will turn to God and that his spirit will work through you this week to impact your kids. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.